0: Five cats, two pussies. This is Ronnie, and this is Lindsay. And welcome our resident panda engineer Dan.
1: I'm still into the panda thing. Thank you for having me. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like a panda. I'm looking more and more like a panda every day. <laughs> <laughs> I've embraced it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, we are super excited to have you join us for, for a shoot the shit episode. Yeah, where we're going to talk about our derpy gardens. And that is the topic and the theme of the episode, but moreover, it was quite the week and let's be honest, we just didn't feel like doing the research, yeah. so we're just going to have a bit of a chit-chat today, but we're going to share some knowledge and some failures and some, some funny things that have happened with our gardens along the way. But before we get into all of that,
1: Dan, yes, how was your week? I'm just going to, before I answer that question, I'm just going to say, if the topic is Derpy Gardens, you have done the research. (laughs) You play it off however you want. (laughs) I live the research. You've you've done it. You've done it. My week was great. Thank you for asking. I've had a lovely week. I'm getting into physical media again. That is to say those that live in the cloud or consume their things through digital. I have gone all the way back to acquiring a VCR (laughs) and I have an 89 pickup that has a cassette deck. And yes, I have the cassette that you can put in there and then it syncs to your Bluetooth so you can just stream your Spotify through your truck. But honestly, I like the experience of putting in a cassette tape and just committing to an entire album.
0: I, I like the physical media piece, too. The committing to an entire album, I don't think I'm against it by any means. I had never really thought about it until you brought it up the other day. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, well, usually if I put something on, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. And it's just in the background anyway. But you really do
1: have to commit. And there's not a lot of jumping around. Yeah. It's like vinyl, but I can put it, but it's in my truck. Yeah. Because you can't have a record player in that truck.
2: <laughs> in any True. truck. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's like uh, Elon Musk level like technology with balancing and stuff like that just and it's not it's not worth it. But cassettes is perfect. I love yeah. cassettes and so I've been collecting cassettes. Thank you for asking. Awesome. I also embracing looking like the panda and uh, I have uh, my beard is as ridiculous as it's ever been in my life and my hair is almost as long as it was when I was in high school.
0: Oh my god, it's so long. It is very long. And it's one
1: of those situations where I like like uh, in February before we had went into the first lockdown I shaved my head and I've shaved my face several times and then I shaved my head again I think maybe last May and so now I'm almost a year's worth of just fucking I'm not even doing that anymore and I stopped shaving like I don't know maybe like four months ago and I I I'm, yeah. <laughs> I look like I look like an apprentice wizard
2: yeah, you, you got do. a little, you got a little
0: Dan Harmon vibe going not, not on. Not <laughs> quite fully
3: grown in,
1: but <laughs> getting there. My beard is gray. My hair is gray. I, it's just, uh, it's just a lot of, lot of gray. <laughs>
3: But it's different shades of gray. It's almost like black and white, like
1: a panda. Yeah, my grays have gone silver and my anything that was anything that still had any color in it is now gray. And, that, and that, So I've embraced, I'm embracing, that's my embracing of the panda. <laughs> maybe we'll do it before, maybe I'll do a picture before I get rid of the beard and get my hair cut because I am due to go to the same stylist that you two witches go to. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Going to see Brit at Clementine in Somerville, Massachusetts. They are the best. They are the best.
1: I'm, I'm excited to meet them.
0: I'm going to address the uh, the background participant in the room because there is no way that you listeners are not going to hear meow meow
2: meow. No,
3: yeah, they're, they're, they're going to hear it. <laughs> so
0: uh, we are recording in our recording studio upstairs, at our big red house here in Somerville, and you know Kenway is also participating because he has discovered there are rooms yes. with. That he could go into, if only it weren't for a closed door. This is a recent discovery, and his, and his new favorite thing is to just howl at the door. There's not a damn thing we can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> He's mostly, honestly, let's just, like, let's... Retract that just a
3: moment. He's actually pissed off that Lindsay didn't bring her winter coat for him to sleep on. It probably <laughs> has something to do with it. There's there's no, like, snooze place for him that is soft and cushy enough. So now he's got to get into those rooms. Uh, yep, pretty much.
1: And he's
0: going to do this the entire episode. So if that really, really bothers you, sorry.
3: But not sorry. Yeah.
1: You're listening to a <laughs> show called Five Cats, People <laughs> <laughs> Get your priorities in order. <laughs> That bothers you. What the fuck? (laughs) He is, in this moment, though, he's like the definition of an indoor-indoor cat.
0: (laughs) He doesn't go outdoors,
1: and this also places indoors where if he's let to go, he he will be want for destruction.
0: Yes, yes. There's very good reasons he's not allowed into those rooms, but he doesn't understand that. He has a walnut brain. (laughs) So, if you've been listening to Five Cats, Two Pussies all along... Fantastic. Awesome. We love you. And you will totally understand and follow along with what we're about to share in our D&D chat. But if this is your first episode, this is, in fact, a shoot-the-shit episode. And it won't won't always be like this. We do talk about witchcraft and gardening and herbal lore and folklore and spooky monsters and ghost stories. All those good things. But one of the things we also talk about is our Dungeons & Dragons game. We sure do. And we have an update. Yeah. We've introduced a new character. We have. So we introduced, uh, if you were following along, the character Fern passed away. She... She did not make her saving throws. She
2: passed like, away. She was, she fucking, mur- she
0: was killed. She, fucking, she died. She died awfully. She failed like seven saving throws in a row. It was awful. It was, yeah, <laughs> it was awful. damn near impossible for her to do, and she managed to do it. But our dear friend Kate has re-rolled, and we've introduced a new character into our story. Yeah, Pyrrha. So now we have Pyrrha, the silver dragonborn paladin. Yeah, with a cool swishy tail. And a trident, and a trident, yes. and gills. I didn't know Dragon words going have gills, but I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the flavor. Or <laughs> not, they're not gills. They're like frills. They're like I, I'm just imagining like what's that hissy um, dinosaur in Jurassic Park that like puts oh, out its yeah, like, with the like <laughs> yeah that goes and the then Spinosaurus. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, okay. Thank you. <laughs> that's exactly every time she's like, and then my frills. I'm like, yes, yes. That's what I'm picturing.
3: <laughs> what really killed me. During that last game, when Pura was introducing herself, was when we were doing the like, you know, the kind of um, the introductory like questionnaire sort of thing for her. And Eva was like, Well, can I braid your hair? And Pura <laughs> was like, Well, I don't have hair, but I guess. <laughs>
0: It's a it's a hard thing to introduce a new character into an ongoing game and and not just like a new character, but like as a player be like, this is my new character. Say me, new like new character. And I want to just like commend Kate in this moment. Not only do I know that she listens, but also that it was like it's really hard to do. And I really applaud the entire group's effort and making her like feel welcome as a character and just immediately saying yes and come have breakfast with us and hang out but also the cute little like throwbacks of like oh you guys have a ray gun you guys do this well like she just (laughs) she rolled with it so well and pretending to not know the things that like above table she knew That it made it really easy to just like be like, oh yeah, new character. Yeah.
3: I also have to commend her on playing an entirely different character too. Like actually playing the character differently. Because if you're playing more than one game and you have a couple of characters going, you know, or, or in the instance where your character dies and you have to create a new one getting into the head of the new character when you're playing the game as opposed to staying in the same head of the other character or the old character can be really difficult to do yeah i I completely agree it's and it's awesome as
0: somebody else at the table to like get to play with somebody who can sort of switch and has more than one like more than one PC player character brain. Yeah. So that I, as a player, am not like just constantly thinking, oh, you're Fern. Right. And it's like, no, you're
3: Pira." Yeah, no, she was definitely Pira. Yeah. Dan, on the other hand, is all kinds of characters in the same <laughs> game. So Which many voices last game. game. Incredibly <laughs> difficult.
1: I am the dungeon master.
3: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and like,
1: and like, there's there's no... There hasn't really been many dungeons in my game, and nor has there been much mastery of anything. But, you know, it's, it's fun. It, like, the importance of... For all my DMs out there, I'm sure that you guys have been listening to their player chat, but you DMs are like, all right, cool, that sounds fun, you know? Agree with me on this one. I think we can all agree with me on this one, that D&D is a game to be played to have fun. Yes. And things that are fun are players uh, risk reward. Sometimes, sometimes you succeed and sometimes you fail and with great failures could come pl- character death. But we had a good session where we lost a character and I don't think that character felt felt cheated out of the experience. And that character wanted to come back and play and they played a new character. And then you work with them behind the scenes to make sure that they come up with a fresh character. And then your, your players that survived, you know, you don't want to throw the whole train off the rails by all of a sudden, all right, now we have to spend some time with God knows what we're about to meet, but we must be friends with this thing because,
0: (laughs) (laughs) because otherwise the game falls apart.
1: Right. So you tee it up nicely and you have a good time. And in the meantime, you know, throw a few characters out, make, give a little personality, you know, put a little seasoning in there. (laughs) I don't want a dry salad. (laughs) I like Parmesan peppercorn. (laughs)
0: Oh, I think you not only win Parmesan peppercorn on this last session, but maybe threw in a little, I don't know, like chipotle lime or something like that. Because
1: I put some of those little corns on it. (laughs) (laughs) I forget what they're called, but I... (laughs)
3: The baby corn. I, yeah.
1: always, I when I was a kid, when we had an all-you-can-eat salad bar at the Jay Family Restaurant, and I always lo- like that was the my only source for those. It's like <laughs> a water chestnut that kind of looks like an ear of corn. Yeah, I, know.
0: I know. Yeah, the little little canned baby corns. Yeah, they're baby corn. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, we'll 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 get right into the derpy plants in a second, but in all this D and D chat, I think we would do ourselves a disservice if we didn't tell everyone we now have as a party member not only Pira the silver dragon born paladin but Cork the axe beak who has anxiety issues <laughs> a pug like nose or beak sort of snuffles is really strong <laughs> can run real fast but not long distances and apparently the only thing he can say is ooh He can say, oh, hey, too. (laughs) He knows three (laughs) words. Dan (laughs) has managed to uh, now
3: integrate into our party a beautiful sled dog. Yes, a Selene, the super cool sled puppy. A snowy owl. Yes. Celerity. Celerity. A sassy punk-ass owl.
0: (laughs) 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 Who is too cool for school. And Cork, Our derpy as fuck. Ax beak. <laughs> Why can't we have a normal animal? I guess Selene is normal. Selene's pretty normal. Yeah, yeah, is cool.
3: She is a little bit smaller than. Yeah, she was the runt. Yeah, but but she's cool. I mean, how do
1: you define normal? Like
3: fair enough. Fair
1: Porks an ax beak who does ax beak stuff and is you know he just doesn't have a, a literal ax beak. He's got a he's got a birth defect.
0: He's got like a soda can for a beak.
1: <laughs> I don't know, man. You got a derpy garden.
0: I sure do.
1: (laughs) Is it any less a garden?
0: Uh, (laughs) Some
2: days.
0: (laughs) Well, why don't we take a little break and we'll come back to talk all about the Derpy Garden
2: right Right after after we
0: light light the candle.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it, guys. Wow. (laughs)
0: For just a second there, I thought it wasn't going to light. And I was like, do we have a derpy candle, too? (laughs) 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 All right. Candles lit. We'll be right back in a second.
3: Cool. See you soon, witches. Welcome back. Oh, thanks. Thanks. So,
0: we're going to talk about our derpy gardens. We sure are. (laughs) Uh, I think that this came up not just because it was a long-ass work week and, you know, we, we have jobs and didn't have an opportunity to, like, really dive into research like we might have otherwise wanted, but also because I came to this realization through a variety of gardening plant frustrations this week that... When I'm scrolling through my social media, or in in my case, Instagram, I follow a lot of farms, a lot of gardening plant enthusiasts and masters. I also follow a lot of models and like yoga instructors and influencers and that sort of thing. And what I noticed is there's a trend, especially with the yoga instructors, to post photos that are like Instagram reality kind of thing (laughs) and it's a lot of like here's me with like my yoga pants pulled all the way up under my boobs so it hides all my rolls and my cellulite and my stretch marks and my whatever the things that are actually on your body and doing like this masterful pose that it took me 20 minutes of stretching to actually get into and two seconds to like position my like my like top just right and like this and that and whatever And then it's like, but here's me also doing yoga every day. That's like, whatever. My pants at a normal spot, which which creates a muffin top, which like, you know, and trying to get into that pose in the first place and, you know, all of those sorts of things. Now, what I didn't notice in my feed is the same fucking thing with gardening. (laughs) And... All I've been seeing, and and the reason that I follow these feeds are because they're pictures of beautiful, lush, full raised bed gardens or organic farms, and they're all like fucking professionals. This is all they do. They spend hours and hours every week just gardening and learning and planting and growing, and they've got all the right conditions, or they've got like all the whatever. But at some point, I think we need to acknowledge that's not fucking true even if their feed is just beautiful lush gardens, they're not showing you the like entire field of like cabbage that got like worms and like rotted Ew, kind gross. of thing. Like there's, there's so much failure and trial and error that goes into gardening and house plants and plant enthusiasm that it's just not talked about and it's not shown. And I think, and I think I kind of just wanted to talk about that because my garden has gone like from like, yeah, going to be awesome to <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you seedlings <laughs> in the span of like a week. <laughs> oh no, dude. I feel like it's just one of those moments where it's like, even the plants that we're doing like house plants that were doing really, really, really well are now at a point where I'm like, I don't fucking know what you want. I don't know what's wrong with you. So want to talk a little bit about individual plants and gardens and trial and error and failures very openly, with a laugh, because that's all you can do at the end of the day. And yeah, and just share some of the
3: things we've learned along the way to troubleshoot, too. Yeah, dude. I think I'm, I'm excited for this, because I never start plant plants from seed, ever. Because I know what's going to happen. They're probably not going to live. So I buy them partially grown all the time. And usually when I do that, usually they're okay. Not always, but most of the time.
0: Well, you had some, and I know this is supposed to be an episode mostly about failure, but you had some really great success recently, too, that I do want to talk about because I was very excited for you as a, I I think, as a self-professed, not green thumb individual
3: You actually had your bee balm come back this year. Yeah, it's starting to. There's little teeny, tiny little bee balm leaves that are coming up. And I don't know if it's from the original plant or if it like seeded at some point. Because there are little tiny, tiny leaves coming up around the edges of the pot. And I'm pretty sure that's not from the original plant. (laughs) That
0: could be anything. (laughs) (laughs) My my raised bed, garden beds right now are full of henbit. Oh. That has no place in there. I don't know how it got in there. There wasn't in there when I like when I covered it with leaves and put it to bed,
3: but it's sure as fuck in there now. (laughs) Your yard is just it has a mind of its own. Everything down there, you never know what's going to grow ever. Yeah. It's crazy. I actually found not one, but two daffodil plants in the middle
0: of the yard. Really? Just one's in the middle of the driveway, the other's in the middle of the front lawn. (laughs) daffodils are bulbs these aren't even like seeds that spread through the bird poop (laughs) or the wind what happened how did it get there there's just two random random daffodil bulbs in the middle of my yard this
2: is my gardening (laughs)
3: life Uh, i am on my way to killing my second fern so there's that i'm just not a fern mom dude at all
0: and you made me really scared to get a fern. And my Boston fern is like one of the, the
3: three house plants that is actually thriving at the moment. Well, I really hope it stays that way. I really do because they are beautiful plants. I bought a blue star fern from a store across the street from one of the bars that I work at. Not even across the street, like across the courtyard from one of the bars that I work at. And it's a super cool shop. I go in there all the time and I, like, I usually walk away with something. So I bought this blue star fern. It was beautiful when I bought it. And I bought a pot to put it in, and the gal at the store was like, This pot's too big, don't repot it yet.
1: That was Ken. Right? <laughs> Karate!
3: <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay. She was like, just like prop it up inside of the pot until it's like root bound and ready to repot. So I was like, okay. So I did that and It starts, like, the leaves start drying out. It starts, they start yellowing, but also getting, like, brown and brittle. I'm, like, checking the soil every day. It's nice and moist, like it says it wants to be. I spritz the fucking leaves with water because it likes humidity. And it's it's just not doing great. So I repotted it. I repotted it, even though they told me that I shouldn't. Because Take I have <laughs> repotted other plants that they told me that I shouldn't. And they have thrived, just like grown crazy and are still living. So we'll see if this helps. But I think I'm going to have another fern death on my hands.
1: Oh.
0: No more ferns for you.
1: I know. <laughs> ferns be dying in D&D games. They be dying yeah. in real life. Yeah.
0: Well you gave me a uh you know, I don't care I don't even know the name of it. You gave me a fern. It was a, no, it was a palm. It was a palm plant.
3: Oh yeah, I gave you a parlor palm. A parlor
0: palm. Because you had a beautiful, large, gorgeous parlor palm. Here's a a note if you are listening and thinking about getting a parlor palm and have cats. Don't
3: yeah, they taste really good <laughs> to cats. Mine is they're, like half of what it used to not even, maybe like a quarter of what it used to be now. They're
0: non-toxic, which is great for your pet, but they're also apparently delicious. <laughs>
3: yeah, like it tastes like grass and it has like long stringy leaves, and they're like, ooh, this is fun. I swear to God, somehow my like 15-pound cat jumped
0: from the floor while I'm in the office, because the door's only open while I'm in there. While I'm in the room with him stealthily jumped from the floor to the windowsill which is full of like potted plants tiptoed his wide (laughs) belly around all the other plants getting cat hair all over them that's how i knew he was up there and then ate the entire plant (laughs) and jumped down without me noticing i was like what happened to it I'm like, where did all of its leaves go? I was like, man, what kind of bugs do I have yeah. that ate all those leaves overnight? And then I looked around at the other plants next to it that were covered in soft, silky, black cat hair. And I was like, oh, you fucker. Yeah. I don't even
3: know when he got up there. Yeah, I call them potato bugs because <laughs> all cats are potatoes.
0: <laughs> potato bugs are an actual bug, which I had last year.
3: Yes, they are. But cats also are potato
0: bugs. I I had to call my mom to be like, What do I do about my potato bugs? And the answer was you have to fucking squish them. There's the like the best way to get potato rid of potato bugs without like spraying pesticides, which I'm not into, is you have to physically squish them so that they can't lay eggs and they are not tiny. Like
3: they're small. But they make
0: a like I was just well. going
3: to ask if they popped when you mm, squish them yeah that's sure why if they pop I don't like squishing I had to do it
0: between two rocks mom was just like squish it with your fingers i was like what <laughs>
2: so i got two
3: rocks picked them off with the <laughs> rock and like sandwiched them <laughs> mama hazel just picks up potato bugs with her fingers and is like squish she doesn't have time for that shit (laughs) when my mom had a garden she had like a half acre vegetable garden
0: that flourished that was like a bountiful garden every year that i remember maybe it's just my recall of like this there was a lot of work put into that but like heads of broccoli and rows of carrots that we would just like pull up and eat like washed off with a garden
2: hose and when
0: i was like i'm gonna have a vegetable garden I assumed it'd be just that easy. (laughs) 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 Turns out, no, out there somewhere when I was playing with Barbie dolls, mom's going along like picking over the cabbage and the potato plants and everything else that
3: potato bugs really like and being like squish, 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 (laughs) squish. Oh, the only food I have successfully grown is chives. That's it. And I say successfully because I like harvested them and then they grew back the following
1: year. I love me a chive
3: yeah so I would call that successful, but then they never grew back
1: again. so it's just the ones <laughs> i have, I have a note on insects, I suppose cause Ooh, I, I'm, yeah. a, I'm the bee guy yeah <laughs> I feel like a lot of people right now, depending on where you live, uh, have like spring has sprung and maybe you're tempted to go out into your your growing areas and you're going you're like, oh, let's get rid of that dan- dandelion or you don't belong here driveway flower. And, <laughs> <laughs> I would I would strongly encourage you to let anything that is a flower, regardless of where it is, live where it is currently because all the early pollinators are also awake if the flowers are awake and they are going to your yard and they will make your garden better. You can run it over the lawnmower later or tear it up later when other things come into bloom, but anything that's blooming right now, Regardless of where it's blooming, just let it go because you want to attract pollinators to your yard because they will help your plants grow. I encourage you guys to leave, leave alone. <laughs> the, th- the flowers you consider a weed are actually uh, assets to pol- or like things that are coming out of hibernation right now. Koal. That's my, that's my not pro tip.
0: <laughs> well, we noticed a bunch of like big fat bumblebees in the Lucille in the snow. It's the, like a little purple star shaped flower all over the place right now oh, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. And yeah, there's a bunch of like fat bumblebees flying around. And yeah, I, I definitely want to leave all, and not only are they beautiful. But I want to leave all of those that the bees know, like, this is going to be a yard with eventually more flowers. Fingers crossed. One good hope. (laughs) 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 So, last year, I started a bunch of stuff from seed. And my most successful of those seeds were my morning glories. I started, I managed to grow zucchinis and beans and... T- cherry tomatoes and sunflowers and morning glories, all from seed, lettuces and radishes. And I was so enthusiastic about it. And I was like, last year it was a whim. I just sort of threw them in front of a window, started them inside. I was like, cool. I don't let them go. Had such easy success last year that this year I was like, I'm going to do so many seeds. <laughs> I have enough seeds to feed if they all grew, which they never will. But like I have... Canisters of seeds at this point. I wow. I should never buy another seed. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to grow everything from seed this year. And I planted out, planned out my garden. I was like, I want to do a grid garden. I'm going to do companion planting. I'm going to have extra flowers for pollination. I'm going to pots up and down my railing with all like just so that the morning glories can grow up and and cover my railings with flowers. And then I planted the seeds, which was super fun. And I put them in their little grow room with their grow light, and they decided it wasn't enough light. Oh, no.
3: And overnight, they grew eight inches. Holy shit. Just like trying to reach the light? Yep. Wow. Which is apparently called leggy. Oh. Derpy. They're like, they're, like <laughs> they're the supermodels of the morning glory.
0: World. Oh my God. They're so derpy. All my seedlings are so small this year and so derpy and so leggy and flopped over that I had to look up. Okay. So this has happened. What do I do? And everything on the internet said, throw them out and start again. And Aww. I was like, well, I don't have any more morning glory seeds. I had a high success rate last year. So I planted them all <laughs> and I don't have any more. So I was like, well, how do I save the ones that I have? Turns out, plants build up carbs in their stems to make them strong and beefy. That's what keeps them from blowing over and dying when you put them outside. Oh, Mine don't have any carbs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like a supermodel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they're all eight inches tall and flopped over. And they're just like a long skinny stem with two little leaves on the end. And I'm like, they're fucked. <laughs> they're fucked. But the internet said you can put a fan on them and like sometimes that will like that like little buffer of breeze will cause them to like be like, oh, it's like simulating being outside. Okay. Where like it'll build up some carbs and they'll get a little stronger.
3: Yeah. They're and like, they're <laughs> like building muscle. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so now I have,
0: I don't know, 65 flopped over yeah, <laughs> and, dude. like morning glories and one. St- tall strong erect beefy windblown morning glory <laughs> it has all the strength i like i like
3: like hit it and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> i would feel really bad throwing out the ones that have already started growing though So like, what are you going to do? Are you like, I don't know, I'm going to let them grow, I guess. I mean, I'd be so sad. I'd be like, well, you're growing, you're not dead, you're still alive. Yeah, maybe you're derpy, but I don't want to like for real kill you.
0: Right? That's the problem I have with all of this garden enthusiasm is I'm emotionally attached to my plants and I'm like, well, but what if you make it? I don't want to be the. I I don't want to. I don't want to call that. Like I don't. I'm not not going to euthanize my plants.
3: Like I don't want to be the person that makes that decision. I'm not qualified. I don't know. Maybe they will make it. What if you like just put them all in a big pot and stuck them outside, like in the sun for a little while during the day when it's not super windy and maybe just like a little breezy, so they have like all the sun that they need and they're getting like the gentle breeze of the fan maybe that would help i did that last year with my tomato seedlings oh didn't and
0: help and it killed them all instantly oh, <laughs> fuck.
1: if i may reference a previous podcast you you can't walk a begonia <laughs> <laughs> i think that applies to yeah. every plant you can't take your plant yeah. for a walk i'm sorry yeah uh
0: yeah i i don't they're not They're not winterized or hardened or anything like that. They're yeah, they're too they're too young to go outside and they're too derpy to thrive. So we're just gonna wait and see what happens. But basically I've put all this time and energy and love and excitement and investment into what's probably going to end up in the compost, which is a bummer. It is a bummer.
1: At the end of the day, that's kind of how you end up with a daffodil in your driveway.
3: is it though you put a few plants out
1: there and then there is some element out there that that benefits from them existing even if they don't look like the instagram model that you described earlier they're still out where they belong and there's some resource to something out there that will benefit from their existence and that's what i choose to believe
0: I really like that. Maybe this yeah. year I will still probably buy seedlings uh, from the garden center for the vegetables I want to grow, but all the really derpy ones, I'll, maybe I'll just make a nice little bed in the witch garden and be like, this is where the derpy
1: ones live. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> if they, e- Even if they don't look picturesque, if they even come to bloom a little bit, something will be attracted to them and benefit from their existence. And that's my I, suggestion yeah. out there, folks. If you, it's ugly produce. (laughs) 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 Still, it still has, it still has a place in this world.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it'll attract more things to grow in that area. I don't know. Maybe like, like energy attracts like energy. I kind of like that that vibe (laughs) more than just, I don't know, fucking toss
3: it. (laughs) Still wondering how that daffodil got in your driveway. Maybe one of the neighbors was like, this is an ugly ass driveway. I'm just going to like plant this. No, bulb no,
0: none of hair. our neighbors are that cool. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I mostly end up feeling bad when plants don't work out because it's a lot of money and it's a lot of time and energy. Yeah, But a lot of the times they're like, not only is it like, oh, I spent like, I spent sixty-five dollars on seeds and didn't grow a single damn thing, or you know, I bought this really awesome house plant that died immediately after, and and, and my plight right now is with a couple of bonsais, and so I had originally Engineer Dan had gifted me some bonsais, which didn't make it, <laughs> just like super didn't make it, and so uh, we, didn't, we
1: didn't put them in soil fast enough. Yeah. they were they were like. They're like, we are ready for soil. And you're like, oh, let's order the thing. And then a couple, yeah, we a couple needed, weeks later, they're like, no, we needed that like two weeks ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. There was like, it was uh, over the winter when nothing was open and we couldn't just get potting soil. Yeah. and I didn't have any. So, yeah, we didn't pot those ones fast enough and they kicked it. So I ordered two more stocks and they sent me three. And they were all doing great. We had one runty one. But they were all doing awesome. And then one plant got spider mites. Mm-mm. And I was like, okay, what the fuck is this? I literally turned around one day in my desk chair and was like, what? Like it was, like it just went from nothing because you can't really see it sometimes and the light has to be just right. But they, spider mites are tiny little arachnids that create this like very light, mildewy like web. And they go from like one. To a hundred to ten thousand in like two days. Gross. It was just like covered in them, and I was like, "The fuck is that?" i was like, I wanted to like <laughs> throw it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to look it up, and was like, "Okay, it's a spider mite." So I was like, "You have to give your plant a shower, and wash them all off," and then there's different ways you can get rid of them. But neem oil was the most popular one. So it's like, all right. Tried to save it. Totally didn't. It was too far gone because they destroy the leaves and once you destroy the leaves of plants, it's got nothing to eat. It's done. Oh. So then everything was totally cool for like four weeks. All my other plants, fine. I'm like, phew. Until like two weeks ago when the other two bonsais got spider mites. And now I'm like, they're in amongst an ivy and a rex begonia, my peace lily and a money plant and panda plant and hibiscus and like Baby tears, only the begonias have spider mites. Or no, sorry, only the the bonsais have spider mites. Weird. Huh. They just really like the bonsais. Yeah. So now I've been fighting with the spider mites, trying to like... Friday, no spider mites. No spider mites for a week. Today, Sunday, recording day, spider mites. Oh, man. Like, motherfuckers! And I can't just keep dousing them in neem oil because that's hard on the plant right so i've got a sneaky suspicion the spider mites are going to claim two more bonsais oh no and that's it man like that's where i'm gonna have to call it because if that's the only plant they're eating and the only plant they're like showing up on at like
3: at what point you're just like you know it's that's not the plant for me and it sucks man That does suck. I didn't realize that once the leaves were gone, that that was like basically it for the plant. So I guess rest in peace, Dolores. (laughs) Thanks a whole lot, Mr. Cat. Yeah, I mean,
0: (laughs) if they have some leaves, they can keep growing. But if they have no leaves, then there's no way for them to collect sunlight or nutrients. Like they need some form of leaf.
3: Yeah.
1: Oh. and if your derpy garden is inside understand that your everyone's house has its own ecosystem right we're in an old drafty historical building and in it there are there, there's a potential for these spider mites your house might be different and there might be a different issue you might maybe you have a very modern condo and you have no problem growing any of these things and you're like ha 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 at us but at the end of the day you know you you Ecosystems, uh, like your, your, Lindsay, your ecosystem has a cat in it. Yeah. (laughs) And some of your plants get catted.
3: Could Uh, spider mites come from the, uh, the potting soil that you're using too? They, all my plants have the same potting soil. Okay. I potted them all actually,
0: except for the one that you've gifted me. They've all been potted at the same time with the same potting soil. Um, I don't know if they could or not, but I don't think that's the culprit Mm -hmm. because they've all been potted at the same time. And because they've all lived together, I just think it's something about the bonsai leaves that's very attractive to them. But spider mites are attracted to dust. Oh. So they are more prevalent on dusty plants, which my plants are not. Yeah. I take great pride in dusting my plants. But it's a fucking dusty ass old house. And I do burn incense, which I've stopped doing next to those plants. I used to burn incense very close to them and that would... Like like cigarette smoke, like any other smoke, it adds dust into the air. Sure. It adds little particles. So I've stopped doing that so that there's no extra dust on them.
3: But yeah, I, something about them. Don't know.
1: Something indeed, man.
3: Damn. Yeah. I've yep. never had spider mites. I have gotten those little teeny tiny red bugs on my outdoor plants before, though. Oh, yeah. I don't know what those are called. I don't either. They're small and they're red and... They look gross, but yeah. I just kind of like let them hang out there because I don't know what else to do about them. And it's usually like at this point, I just plant flowers outside on my porch. So the flowers are usually fine.
1: I feel like you guys are waiting for me to look up what red plant bugs well, are. Well,
3: you have your phone <laughs> in your hands. So. <laughs> well, you both looked at me
1: separately. You're like, Dan? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Either like the little teeny tiny red ones, or no. about around the same size, like the little teeny tiny green
1: ones. Have you seen the green too. ones are aphids? Oh, okay. I, I
0: feel confident in saying that I'm I'm pretty sure the green ones are likely aphids.
1: But even the little red ones are are, are aphids. Our oh, type of aphid, okay. yeah. Okay.
0: So I can help you. Aphids are pretty easy to get rid of on a grand scale. Of like, I've got this. Aphids hate soapy water. Oh, so you can take some dish soap, uh, like some like ivory dish soap, whatever, like, you use, but um, in a spray bottle with some water and spray them, and they don't like dish soap.
3: Oh, okay. That's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like
0: keeping a cat off your thing. They're, like, you can use <laughs> neem oil as well, but dish soap is usually the, like, they're, like, nah. Just yeah, to clarify, I Veronica know. does
1: not spray our cats with dish soap. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'd like to. <laughs> But yeah, man, it's it's a it's a constant struggle between like most of it is like I feel like out of my control, but a lot of it honestly is just ignorance or like a a not a deep enough understanding of what I did right Mm -hmm. to recreate it, and then just being like, well, I did the same thing, and I'm like, did I? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) A lot of trial and error. Or a lot of like, well, it's good for this one, so isn't it good for this one? Likes the sunlight, so why doesn't that one like the sunlight? And sometimes you take a, you take a lime yellow philodendron outside, and it screams and turns white and dies. Oh, oh.
1: dear listener, as we meander through this uh, situation, look look at the look at the plant care and know that that's roughly. Every situation is different. Every ecosystem, be it indoors or outdoors is different. But if a plant is not interested in direct sunlight, <laughs> don't put it in direct sunlight. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple. Some lessons are learned harder and slower than others.
3: <laughs> I mean, y- yes, those there the care instructions are usually spot on, but sometimes it doesn't
1: matter if you follow the care instructions. That plant going to die. And it's not your fault. In fact, I like the Lindsay model of don't go from seed. Buy an established plant and follow the directions. You'll have a higher success rate and you'll feel better about yourself. But at the same time, there's no satisfaction greater for any gardener to bring something from seed to that now lives. And lives every year over and over. In fact, here's some clippings from the thing that I grew from seed that is still alive.
0: I have at least four people that have a hyssop plant that I grew from seed. And I'm like,
2: yeah.
1: I am a (laughs) druid.
0: (laughs) But what is never talked about or never seen, and that's why we wanted to do this episode in the first place, is the hours and plants and money and time and energy and tears that are all spent on it didn't fucking do it (laughs) like it didn't do anything so you're not alone if you're out there and you're like why is it my thing growing like why I tried this and I failed that's 75 percent of gardening yeah and I think that the thing to take away is it's all learning I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to take care of a spider mite if my plants didn't die from a spider mite so now that's the thing I know
1: I feel like it's the equi- equivalent of I've just won fifty dollars on this scratch ticket. Give me fifty more dollars worth of scratch tickets, <laughs> <laughs> and on a, on a pretty short yeah. timeline, you're yes. like you're, you start to you're like oh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I, that's like super true though. Yeah, you know, I buy a plant once in a while, and once in a while it lives, and once in a while it actually grows, and when that happens, I'm like. <gasps> I have to go and get two more plants. It's time to buy another plant. <laughs> well, that's the problem. Is it's, it's time to
0: buy another plant then. But it's also like, I'm like, my ivy's dying. And uh, what will grow up the wall if it's not my ivy? So now I'm researching plants that like sunlight to grow up my wall so that I can replace the plant that is dying. <laughs> it's not even dead yet. And I'm like, oh, I need to feel better about myself. So yeah. I'm going to buy another plant. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, there really is nothing more disheartening than buying a plant that's well-established, bringing it home, and doing Everything that you are told you are supposed to do with that particular
1: plant and then it just fucking dies. And if that happens, dear witches, <gasps> from one panda to you, I recommend that you, you know, don't euthanize your plant, but when it goes away, uh, save your failings for the fall for your altar and think about what you've done. And <laughs> 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 See how see how massive the grave is of the plants that you've bought and, oh. and consider that nec- for, for next year. And I think ultimately both the humility and the persistence, the desire to succeed will ultimately yield better results. But just honor anything that you have tried to create that failed. In, we just do it in different ways. Some of our out, indoor plants go from seed to outdoor to awesome, and some of them are just derpy and sad. <laughs> And they're like, you know, it's like a it's like a giraffe with no neck, <laughs> with a, all muscle, no bone in the neck, you know, oh and you're God, just like, all right, we'll try again next time. But I, I will honor my attempts in the fall when things go back into the earth. And I'll remember this for next year.
3: Maybe this summer I will try again with the Boston fern.
1: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> you need to get a Southie fern kid.
3: you think they're a little more resilient North Shore bullshit
1: (laughs) (laughs) Southie
0: well I'm going to have one hell of a bonfire this fall with all of my all of my derpy attempts but I think that that's a lovely place to to take a break and we'll be right back with uh, Pussy of the Week and We'll see you
3: soon. Yeah, totally. We'll be right back. Wait, we'll see
1: the weekend. we'll see you soon? I don't know. Yeah. All right, cool. I I think you're silly goose.
0: Hey, welcome back. Thanks, dude. Okay. Before we get into pussy of the week. Lindsay. Yeah. You just surprised me while we were while we were on the in between in that I thought you would have had stitches <laughs> outside of wisdom teeth <laughs> or or that sort of d- like dental surgery
3: stitches and you haven't. I haven't. No, I hurt myself all the time. All the time. And there, there's been one instance where I probably should have had stitches outside of my mouth, but after waiting in the emergency room for four hours and no sign of them taking me in, I just butterfly bandaged that shit for a couple (laughs) of months. Um, But yeah, only my, my mouth is the only thing that's ever gotten stitches. Usually it's broken bones. I've also never had stitches
0: I've had, yeah, wisdom teeth stitches and much like you, I have cut my finger to the point where it really probably should have gotten a stitch, but didn't. But Dan. Yes. You've had stitches, right? I have had stitches. Okay. Yes. Enlighten us on what (laughs) actual stitches are like. Now I'm extra (laughs) curious about like, not just the like process, but what did you have stitches
1: for? Okay. Well, so in the, in my history of injury, much like Lindsay and I suppose a little bit like you, Veronica, I have always just like glued it closed or like put some tape on it and let my skin do what my skin do because I ain't paying for stitches. <laughs> but in this instance, I, I had a German shepherd pop open my left bicep, like a beer can <gasps> and like muscle was pouring out of the skin tissue and wasn't particularly bloody because again, like, you know, my, like 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 he, like, like, like Chomp down, bruised from wrist to shoulder kind of thing. But I'm like, can't glue that closed, <laughs> <in>. <laughs> And that ain't my dog. So I ain't paying for it. Uh, so I had to go get stitches and it was lovely. I went and got stitches and we, I, I was at, I was at a softball field and that happened and everyone was like, Oh no. And we, the dog owner drove me to the emergency room, like a gentleman that that dog owner was in that moment being. And, Went in there and let me tell you, we just charmed the pants off of the ER. They loved us to the point where, after they had thoroughly um, uh, sanitized and sprayed it down, they started doing the stitches. It ended up being about three stitches, not big. Oh, that's but, not a lot. But it, was, but it was a, it was a fat, like full on German Shepherd canine. So it was like a, it was like, a, it, was like a, it was like a, it was like a, it was like a six. It was like a three by three Lego brick. <laughs> 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 you're like Pull it back over itself to close it up. Cause there was no, like, again, my muscle was like Boop. pop, popping out. <laughs> wow. And, uh, and, and I had this, I had, but I had this cool moment. Cause the, again, we were the, we were charming the ER. They, we were the greatest thing that came in all day long, apparently, even though it was like 11 a.m. Uh, and they, they, so they numbed me up and they started doing the stitches. And he, so he does the first one, he pulls it up. Like, you know, and like you see in an action movie, I was like, hey, can I do one? <laughs> <laughs> did he say yes? He did. He did. Oh, my God. Right. <laughs> so he, what he did was he, he put it through my skin, which I couldn't feel. I could have done that myself personally. Sure. But like at the same time, let the professional yeah. do it. But, like, he hands me the needle, and I got to do the, like, pull up <laughs> and watch my skin close around oh, it. And I was man. like, I was like, yeah,
0: It <laughs> made my butt pucker.
2: Oh no. <laughs> I was like, Oh no. <laughs> I clenched on that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just thought he, he, he was cool. Everybody was cool. We had a good time. And at the end of the day, I got stitched up and I still have, I have a scar that I had to have. I have a sleeve on that, a tattooed sleeve on that arm. I had to have the artist that did the sleeve go back over, the scar once it had healed properly because it was pretty noticeable, but <laughs> I got a cover-up on my, my, my dog bite. <laughs> 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 and I did, the, I did one of the stitches. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Why are we talking about stitches?
2: Pussy of the Week! Pussy of the Week!
0: Pussy of the Week! This week's Pussy of the Week is... Dacia Taylor, who, I saw this on Nerdist, so shout out to Nerdist, but Dacia invented a color-changing stitch. Now, this in and of itself, I think, is fucking badass and dope, but two other things make it more impressive and way cooler, and the first is Dacia's a high school student.
3: Oh, that's super awesome. The second is she did this using beet juice. Wow.
0: <laughs> so uh, essentially the, the summary, the, the quick overview of this story is that this young high school student um, entered a statewide competition. So like basically a statewide science fair. And she got shortlisted. And then ended up winning, uh, she didn't take home the grand prize, but took home like a, a runner up and she'll get $25,000 uh, because this project was so impressive that immediately companies and people and the in the and the sponsor of the science fair was like, why aren't we doing this? This is an actual like, holy shit, this is an invention that can actually work and does actually work. So... And the project was a suture that uses an additive of beet extract to make an assessment on surgical wound infection. Um, essentially, the beet juice sutures work by changing color when they detect an infection at the site of the wound because human skin is very mildly acidic with a pH balance of about 6, but um, when it gets infected, that pH level changes and, r- and gets higher and the skin becomes more acidic. And beet juice, as it happens, changes from red to purple when it's in that very specific pH range. Oh my gosh, genius. So beet juice doesn't harm the body, doesn't harm the the wound at all, but it changes color if you're getting an infection. So before your body shows the sign of like puffy red, pussy swollen nastiness, the sutures will change and be like, yo, you've got a problem. That is so awesome. And it's so beautifully basic science that I'm shocked that nobody had figured this out before now. But I think that it was just, yeah, fucking it's a lovely pussy of the week scenario of somebody being like, oh, here's a smart idea. Here's like something that you would think everybody would know or, or scientists and doctors would have figured out. And turns out sometimes you just got to use your noggin and, and say something and, and create it yourself.
1: <laughs> I feel like that's worth way more than 25 grand to some major pharmaceutical companies. They can bite my butt on that one. Give that person more money.
0: Well, the the sponsor of the science fair was not a pharmaceutical organization. It was more like a like a science fair organization, like, hey, high school students, like, let's do a cool science fair kind of thing. And and so I
1: I just see evil corporation (laughs) at the science fair, like buying up the grand prize and then placating with a couple of bucks. And I don't like it. But I do like beet juice. and, And I like the fact that beets have a similar pH balance to our flesh
0: i thought that yeah that is is cool yeah that's cool what a fun fact (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i thought that was that was our
3: dope pussy of the week this week hell yeah girl we like you
1: panda approved
0: (laughs) (laughs) in closing out this has now intrigued me enough what was your favorite science fair experiment did you guys ever enter a science fair
3: uh, I didn't like the sixth grade, but I don't remember what I... Oh, you know what it was? It was what bubblegum flavor lasts the longest. Uh,
1: yes! <laughs> and you, uh, the, I guarantee you it was not bubblelicious. I don't remember. That stuff lost its flavor <laughs> like, f- like 30 seconds into the chew. <laughs> Ronnie, what was your... Do you have a science fair memory? I have one too, but I think mine is... <laughs> um, Pretty fancy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I won first place in my, I think, grade seven science fair on feline leukemia virus. Ooh, uh, which was basically, in in my opinion, looking back on it now, I really enjoyed it. I wanted to be a vet at the time, but it was really just like me memorizing and regurgitating a whole bunch of information from encyclopedias on like FIV and and. That apparently won the prize because I could speak so knowledgeably about it. But there was no experiment. There was no, like, I didn't invent anything. I just learned a bunch of stuff and then was like, here's a major killer of cats. (laughs) So you wrote a report and won a prize. That's cool. Pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) I I also made a really dope, like, Bristol board presentation. The presentations (laughs) were always
3: the most fun.
1: (laughs) Well, you ready for this one, witches? Yes. I, in seventh grade, in rural Maine, was an alternate for the Science Olympiad team. Wow. Science Olympiad was a, a series of competing events wherein, you know, like you had to build an accurate like tennis ball trebuchet and so on and so forth. And it was a state competition. Now, I'm an alternate, so I didn't have an event. I was holding the clipboard.
0: <laughs>
1: but oh, derpy little Dan and his clipboard. We won the state competition, and so we got to go to nationals, which was in Tempe, Arizona. So I won myself a plane ticket with my clipboard to Arizona, baby. That, that, <laughs> that is, is awesome. Pretty
3: fancy.
1: The plot thickens. Oh, they had some events in Tempe, Arizona, in the national competition. Every state sent a representative, we were the main representatives the state of Maine. And there were a couple of events that were not part of our regional challenge that they tossed a bone to the old clipboard kid. I had bottle rocket.
0: Oh, dope. <laughs>
2: awesome.
0: We did
1: not do that at the state level. We brought it to nationals. So what the challenge was to take a two liter plastic bo- empty bottle, like a Coke bottle and with air pressure and water, have the bottle stay in the air the longest. Okay. Right? Okay. Old uh, old clipboard kid steps in and placed in the top 10 Ooh, very of nice. all 50 states. Beaten by Alaska that year, by the way. And they were totally like the parents did the project thing. <laughs> <laughs> the kids, A little
2: bitter
0: there, Dan? The, well, the kids <laughs>
1: didn't even set the rocket up on the launcher. It was like you, I filled the, I, so I took my two liter bottle, I filled it halfway full of water, I brought it over, you gotta flip it upside down and like cap it onto the launcher real quick and fill it full of air pressure. And then you, and you stand back and you pull a string and the, and the pin comes out and the, and it just goes whoo, straight up in the air. It's air, air pressure. You get So PSI water, two liter bottle, get it up there as long as you can. And I, no help of parents, um, finished in the top 10 and like of 50 states, we were like, I think we were like, Actually, we might have been 11th, but uh, we also instituted a new safety clause (laughs) based on my performance. And it was how close you could sit to the launch site. (laughs) Because these Alaskan parents had like this, like the cone comes off and a parachute comes out and then it drifts down. And they were like, they won by a mile. Their thing was up in the air for like nine minutes kind of thing. In like 11th place, mine was in the air for like Oh, 20 seconds, but it was, was a be-
3: long time. It was
1: because I put, I took the top of another bottle and glued it to my bottle and then carved a balsa wood nose cone. So I just basically made a lawn dart. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm going to send this thing as high up as I can get it and let it just sort of drift down.
2: <laughs> and when it came
1: down, the nose cone had. Tipped downwards and it, land, it landed very close to Nana Lawn Chair in the spectator <laughs> section, and could have killed her. But still, Danny She clip, might have
3: needed stitches.
1: I got a ride to Tempe—a little suture action. I got my—I got a ride to Tempe. I stopped holding the clipboard. I clocked in, and I, quite frankly, I think I made my state proud. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well,
0: shit. <laughs> I think that that's a great place to end our episode for today. <laughs> I appreciate uh, our panda engineer Dan for joining us, and we'll, he'll be back again soon. We've got a, a couple of episodes in the works where we do actually do some research, yeah. and, and engineer Dan will be joining us. Totally. So, more panda in the future. And more Kenway meowing in the background always. <laughs> until until next week. Remember, no pervs, no Nazis.
3: Yeah, totally. Panda!